0: Atomics is even less fun than organic chemistry. It's Amigos, everything Amigo. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John.
1: And I'm Aaron.
0: And today, Aaron, we're talking about atomics.
1: Ooh, it sounds like a cool like disco type band, right?
0: Listen, this game could have been a million cool things and it decided to be none of them. Um
1: <laughs> Just launching a volley right out of yeah. the gate, are ya? Jeez. Aaron,
0: were you were you real good at chemistry in high school?
1: You know, um, no. <laughs> put, let's put it this way, I got I got one F in my entire school career from all the way back Uh, yeah big time and (laughs) that was in chemistry and the funny thing is i've always liked science i've always uh, been pretty good at science but something happened man and i just could not grasp the science and uh, ultimately i never grasped it i mean I effed out of that sucker i was just like get me out it was Mm -hmm. my senior year i'm like what am i doing why am i taking this you know, and then well while I was taking because I needed some chemistry and advanced mathematics to move on into college, but still I got you know, to I don't of think
0: we've ever talked about your original plans when you when you were enrolled in college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what what did you originally start to major in?
1: <sighs> You're gonna make me talk about this, I'll talk about it. So you know, I was like a uh, institutionalized kid. That sounds bad. Well, what I mean by that is, like, I never, like, we've talked this before. I didn't know you could drop out of school. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could, like, not go to college. I was just, like, on a, I was just marching forward like a lemming. You know what Mm. I mean? I had no idea. And so I just sort of did what they told me. And so when I went to college, uh, I was like, my God, I'm in college. I'm on my own. I'm the king dog of my own life. I can do whatever I want. And so they told me, they said, listen, you need to get something in the tech field. I was like, tech field, tech field is for suckers. I'm not doing that. I'm like, <laughs> tech's got no future there. So I said, I'm going to be a writer, man. I'm going to oh. be, I'm going to go into English. And so I, really? I okay. initially, I majored in English. This was a, a foolish, foolish notion on my part because my first thing is you know how you can clip out of classes when you go to school, like the clip <laughs> tests. I took these tests. I've mentioned this before. I know. I didn't. I never passed the English clep test. English one hundred and one. I tried it twice. I don't
0: know what a clep test is. I don't think you've ever talked about this. You've
1: never heard of a clep. Te- oh, so clep test. I think that's in- some sort
0: of like dated terminology that nobody says.
1: That's my life. Is it? That's all I do. It's spew it. But uh, clep tests, You could take these tests at these real formal tests at the school. How and if formal?
0: You- Did you have to wear a suit?
1: No, but you had to show up. You had. To, it was in an enclosed. Like, classroom, the doors are all locked, and the windows are down, the teacher watching the whole time you're on it. Okay. You know, secret ballot type stuff. And the CLEP test, if you pass the test, you just clept out of that class. You gotta take it.
0: So it's a verb and a noun.
1: You, you skipped right out to, so like, English 101. I thought, that's for suckers. I already mm-hmm. speak English. What am I doing? Bam. Took the CLEP test, killed the grammar, killed it. And then they, there's a, But there's a grammar part, and then there's a written part on the English mm. one. and the the written when I say written I mean you had like a prose or whatever and so what you did they had an envelope it was like a it was like a get smart they give you the envelope it's sealed you open it up and inside there's the subject you've got to write about you know what I mean and so the first time I took it I opened it up I looked at my subject it was fashion I was like (laughs) oh man (laughs) and so I I wrote a paper on uh, basically not knowing it. it. it was a disaster I tried to get real cute it didn't work. Mm. I am not cute. Did not. I killed the grammar. Failed the other one. I'm like, oh. So I and you have to pay for these, by the way. So I'm like, I'm going to take it again. I'm not taking mm. English 101. That's for chumps. Right. Went in there, killed the grammar. Hit they. Here comes the other section. They hand me the envelope, secret envelope. I rip it open. I look at the thing, fashion. And I knew really the, the twice in a row. What are the odds? The second I open, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> And I was. And so, then I had to go to English 101, which I hated. So, English was not for me, so I changed my major. They were like, listen, you need to go to a tech major. I'm like, that's for suckers. I'm going to become a psychiatrist. That's going to be awesome. That's me. Old Shrinky A, they'd call me. That didn't last even for a... how long exactly. were you an English major because your entire Marshall career wasn't exactly lengthy <laughs> it was longer than you would expect to be honest with you because I I started I did a whole two summers plus a whole year plus school somewhere else so I actually a couple years anyway that didn't work uh, psych major was no good and so then I reluctantly went into the business school and whatever the comp the computer side of it okay. And my, and my first year, they were going to teach us machine language, you know. And so I went in there, and the teacher was a foreign guy, and I could not understand a word this guy said. <laughs> I learned nothing. And I bombed a bunch of tests. I'm like, I'm done with that. I was out. So then I went to sort of like an economics thing, and the teacher in there was also a foreign guy. He was from India. And he kept getting the different monetary values confused. It was a disaster. And I just, that's pretty much, that was it in my career. I'm not blaming the teachers or Marshall, because part of this was me just not going to class. French had a big part in me failing out, by the way. I hated French. So I just stopped going to class, you know. So yeah, thanks, Boat. (laughs) I had multiple majors. I don't even know how we got it. Oh yeah,
0: I forgot. Well, you you just, you know, you've related the story about how your love of bad dudes versus Dragon Ninja... Played it played a significant part. That
1: also yes, that was the, yeah. that was also true. Tetris. Yeah. yeah, you
0: never you never really talked about what your major originally originally was. There, so there's it's good a reason know that I never English. talked
1: about that boat. There's a big reason. It's <laughs> You're swearing sort of like Rob Flaccohara. I'm not like him. Rob successfully completed like he's got a master's degree. <laughs> I can't successfully spell master's degree, much less have one. I wasn't well, like we you. Better, boat.
0: We better talk about atomics then. Good move.
1: Theme from Atomic's boat. What you think of that?
0: That was pretty good.
1: It's not bad. It's got a little Shadow of the Beast in there. <laughs> so well, all the...
0: these songs do. You know, it's, it's a, a, a little fear in
1: there. Yeah. You know, they must have been big fans of the Pan flute boat. So Atomic's boat. Had you had you played this one before?
0: Never, never.
1: Believe it or not, I actually, I think I played this uh, on on a stream once. And because I thought the name, I was like, with well, a name like this, you know, it's gold. And I can imagine that this was on stream for about two seconds before I was out the door. But anyway, (laughs) let's talk about it here. It's Atomics, everyone. Uh, This came out in 1990. Uh, So this one has an interesting sort of... It's not that interesting, but it does have a little backstory. According to everything I read, the game actually... Was released uh, originally in Germany by an outfit called Tail Software, like tell you a tale, not like okay. a, not a tale, right? Uh, and it was licensed to Thallion, and then it was released everywhere else. Yeah, so, so Thallion acted as
0: like the worldwide distributor.
1: That's right, and so yeah. uh uh th- they've got so you'll see the developers listed as Soft Touch, you know. But uh, apparently this was developed by, this, uh, at least was licensed for this TAIL outfit. By the way, it's funny that uh, TAIL really, you know, it's funny, I looked at all the people that made this game. The coders, all the guys. I've never heard of any of the games that they worked on, but I figured we'd talk about a few. So, TAIL Software was responsible for a game called Magic Lines which those were popular okay. in the 80s, if you know what I mean, uh, especially mm. up near the, in, the, in the Blue Collar area. You're a wolf area. of Wall Street. That's right. <laughs> Shuffle, and a, and a game called Turn It and Turn It 2. It Turn sounds it. like
0: these are puzzle games. That's why we Maybe. haven't heard of
1: them. Uh, the coder on this, prepare for the botching, it's Gunter Kramer with a bunch of things over all the vowels.
0: It's the umlauts. Uh, that's,
1: that's right. That's what they call them over so, there. Um, Plenty of the guys in this list are credited with a game called, that we've got to try this game, Barney Mouse.
0: (laughs) That sounds good. I'd play that anytime over Atomics. Uh,
1: uh, Aside from that, this fellow coded Chrysler, Galaxy Fight, Jump Machine, a bunch of other stuff. They did a bunch of stuff for this outfit called Kingsoft. So I'm assuming Kingsoft may be some sort of uh, uh, German uh, developer. Uh, The graphics, Rolf Steffens. Audio was from Manfred and knocking, Uh and that's pretty much a long. Most of these guys worked on the same stuff. Barney's Barney Mouse, Turn It One or Turn It Two. Uh, so nothing we've really gotten into on this uh, show, boat. Um This game is a puzzle game. Uh, it has it's comprised of 30 levels, uh, and the gimmick on this one, boat is that you, that you try to assemble. These uh, chemical... The the atoms and the molecules for these different chemical compounds. It's as exciting as it sounds, Boat. (laughs) I think the
0: picture picture of Einstein on the title screen is the most exciting part of the game.
1: They should have had Einstein running and a guy holding a stopwatch and looking meanly at him. That'd be a more accurate interpretation of what this game (laughs) is. It's true. So, when you start the game... Uh, you've got the choice of one to two players, and it, you get to choose your difficulty. Uh, I, I didn't try two players, but I read that this actually might be better in two players, because the way you do it, apparently, it's like 30-second hot seat. So this is kind of goofy. So it's a mouse-driven game, and so I guess both people have their hand nearby. And, mm-hmm. and like so I guess you can make the tag. And then you actually start... Uh one person goes for 30 seconds and then the, they basically tag in the next guy for 30 seconds. They take turns back and forth playing really? the game. Real, real what weird. an odd way to play. Yeah, real goofy on uh real goofy in my opinion on this one. So, what do you do in this goofy game? Well, again, you're you're assembling these molecules. It starts out at, uh in with a a board that's made up of blocks and little at- molecules. And your job is to drag these things around to assemble them in the uh, appropriate way and to help you. Thank God they at least include what the molecule is supposed to look like. Otherwise, it'd be a complete disaster because I can't remember all these molecules. Uh, but they, in the corner of the screen, they give you a picture of what you're assembling. All right, now, this is a very, I would say, free form. Puzzle because you actually there is no set place to make the assembly, you don't know where you're going to assemble it, and so you've got to sort of drag this stuff around. It remind me both of like an, one of those infuriating uh puzzle tile moving uh things that you used to get and play yeah. with in the car. This is this is really
0: like one part sliding tile game, like you're talking about, and one part Sokoban because you've got a room. That is reminiscent of Sokoban, the old move the boxes around in the warehouse type game. Yeah, and then you also have a a, a, a thing set up to where you can't move all of the tiles exactly where you want them to all the time. Uh, each one of these atoms, when you click on it and move in a in a direction, it will go until it either hits a wall or it hits another atom. And so you've got, like you said, you've got that sliding tile mechanic. That meets the sort of like maneuvering things around in an enclosed space.
1: Mm. Um. So th- we've mentioned the the meat of the game, but there's one additional uh, important element to this game, and that is a very um a very short run timer that's on the side of the screen that keeps you frosty as you try to assemble your molecule. Now this game would be hard enough for me if there was no clock at all, boat. But the addition of the clock, it did not make the game more fun for me, boat. It made me not have fun with the clock. The clock it goes fast. And this is a I found this to be difficult, a difficult game. It's it's a game where the basic elements to the game are fine. The, the base the,
0: elements the, i see what yeah, you did let there. Me,
1: yeah <laughs> that's the only thing i got you've got these blocks the play field looks totally like you would expect everything looks fine the movement with the mouse you basically sort of scoot the stuff around with your mouse now if if you've got a box with multiple little alleys and stuff in it there's gonna be it's gonna be the whole game is the difficulty of getting the stuff lined up so sometimes you've got to drag pieces of the other of molecules into areas where other pieces are going to go so the molecule will stop in the right spot for you to zip it up to another six of the screen to try to line all this stuff up. Um, I found it very difficult, but the thing about this game is if you're good at these sorts of games, once you understand how to do this, you won't have that much trouble getting back to where you left off uh, because the levels are, the, are all the same, they don't. As far as I could tell, there was no the randomness to this game. Uh, the, the levels come up, you assemble the molecules, uh, and if, well, if you're a good hand at remembering this sort of stuff, it makes it easier to get through. So I do question the replayability if you've got someone that's good at this. And apparently, there are people that are quite good at it. Bode, how did you fare at this thing?
0: Poorly. <laughs> um, this the game, like you said, the, the time limit. Is an annoyance. But the time limit is not a deal breaker. What is a deal breaker is that when you lose, when you run out of time without completing the, the molecule, you go all the way back to yes. the beginning of the game. This is a there's no, li- there's no life system. There's no password system. It's just game over, baby. Game over. And so yeah. because of that, I was unable to progress past the second level.
1: Well, good. I mean, I'm sad for you, but I feel better. Because do you know how long it took me to get past the second level? The whole time. I did get past it one time because I cheated. I went to the web. I watched some guy get past it. I'm like, well, I can do that. And I did exactly what he did. And then I failed 30 more times before I finally did, in fact, get past it. You reach... like When you start this game you're the the molecules are sort of um they're sort of like picture well picture like a picture like a a bulb on a christmas tree okay yeah and then picture uh where the little hook goes right it's that in different directions but as you progress things suddenly become diagonal and also they become more components to to build these uh, the molecules molecules
0: get more complex
1: oh yeah and the mazes get more complex, and I, I was I was skipping ahead to levels I would never see in my whole life, and I thought to myself, "Who can sit around and do this?" And I thought to myself, "The only people that can do that are people that really enjoy this sort of thing." I don't enjoy this sort of thing. I hated this. I hated this game. The time limit made it too hard. Like I could, I didn't, I didn't feel myself improving at it, and I got to the point where I'd forgotten how I beat the other level. 'Cause my brain hurt so much I'm trying to remember what happened. I it's I, I this is one of those games that I'm gonna go on and say that if you're the sort of person that really digs a puzzle game, then you might dig this, you might find something to like here. I mean, what did you think about the the basics of the game, the controls, the the, the, the way the game looked, graphically, the sound. What I mean, break Listen, it down.
0: This is not the worst idea for a puzzle game. Yeah. Okay, because you essentially start with something that exists in real life. You've got these molecular structures that are joined together, you know. Yeah, and so you you have you have a, a, a palette to work from. There's there's a real world analog, which is always good. Uh, where this game falls flat is the execution. Uh, you know, we've already talked about the time limit. We've talked about the game over without start. You know, with, with no possibility of continuing. What this game should have started with and continued with for possibly five to 10 levels is a room with no walls, a room where you're just maneuvering the molecules, or I'm sorry, the atoms around so you can connect them to the molecules. This game needed to ramp up very, very slowly to get you hooked. Because here's the thing. Principle number one of game design, of Japanese slash Western, of non Euro game design, is you want to give somebody a win early. Because if you give somebody a win early, it gives them the incentive to continue. If you make somebody, you know, kill themselves over the very first level, you're only going to get the most hardcore of hardcore people that want to progress all the way through your game. So the walls in this game. They add a level of difficulty because not only do you have to put these molecules together, you have to find there's only one place in every level where you can even build the molecule. And it's not like some variants of Sokoban where they will give you the outline of where the boxes need to end up. In this game, you get nothing. You get no help whatsoever. And I tried on that second level. I tried to figure out where does this thing like where can I place the center of this of this connector to make all of the atoms connect up to it. And I I thought I had it, but I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And I couldn't figure it out. And then I watched a YouTube playthrough and I was like, "Okay, well that's how you do it." But did I did I go back and replay it? No, because if you <laughs> if you watch a YouTube replay to show you how to solve a puzzle game, why even bother playing it at all, you know? <laughs> and so wrong. this but, is yeah. It's yet another example of of one of these euro games. It just has no concept of a difficulty curve. And it's unfortunate because I think the idea, the concept behind this game is cool. You are moving. You're, it's essentially Sokoban, except you're building molecules. I think that's awesome. I think that's cool. But the execution just falls super, super flat.
1: You know, I don't always agree with you, Boat, on everything you say about these, But in this case, you're dead on. It is so... The first level of this game... It's instantly demoralizing. They give you nothing. And you're I'm like, "My god, I'm struggling to get three molecules to meet up." And, and I, but I did it. And I thought, "Okay, I got that." It took me a little while I got it. And then the next level, it just you're I was doomed. I was doomed. Uh it, it they you're they need to co- let you have a little time. You're right. Just to understand the the uh, there is a mental state you can get in to sort of understand how this, these sorts of games work, and they're all about—it's uh, all about moving things to get to position them in a certain way. Right, positioning
0: you, is everything.
1: Right, and you get—and that is it. And so once you get that into that brain space, you know, then maybe you've got a shot. But uh, you need a warm up. I mean, this game is like the this is the shadow of the beast of puzzle games. It just comes out and just instantly hates you, uh, with the time and the time limit should be off for the first couple levels. Don't give me a time limit, and then it does the third thing you mentioned, which is the true cardinal sin. It's like once you once the time runs out, it gives you the game over screen, and now you're forced to set through the thing. Then you got to go to the top the top ten screen. Then you got to scroll back. Just get me back. We've played games that were like this. That didn't commit that crime. That's a that's a that's an indefensible crime. You mm-hmm. should just start back where you're at. If you want to quit, you hit escape. There should not right. be any of this other crap, any of this other nonsense. Uh, the game every so often will throw in a bonus stage. Uh, it, it is a counted level, but it's called a bonus stage where you're actually um, you're actually lining up. Almost look like they look like beakers, or they look sort of like just molecules, square molecules. But it's just like uh into like squares. They're not molecules; it's just it's a smaller stage. Remover. I think I they're kind of, of like beaker
0: beaker Yeah.
1: Speaking uh, of beaker. And, yeah. Very good. Burr, 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 burr. You sort of look like Doctor Butts and Honeydew boat. Thank you. I think. And that was I wish a I had Beaker's hair, but I, I do oh my not. gosh, we Boat's you're not sort kidding. of like look at Butts and I do. But uh uh, the bonus levels. I mean, they're the bare minimum. And plus, they count those as levels. So really, they're not bonus levels at all. They're just levels, you know. Um, in terms of anything outside of the puzzle area that does anything, nothing does nothing. There's no incredible music, <laughs> like Billy no Preston mo- said. Well, I mean, even I mean, it, it, even in the background of a, a lot of puzzle games, at least a, there'll be a picture or some animation or anything. to going back. This is just some lines. There's nothing going on. There's not any peppy like. Remember when you played Lemmings? They had all those tunes. Mm-hmm. They weren't the best tunes, but they put in a million tunes, and you're like, "Oh, that's jaunty," you know. Trust me, I could have used the jaunty tune when I was playing this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear or, you. Or maybe some like European death metal would have also worked. Anything, you know. But the, I didn't get anything like that. Uh, it does have a high score table, as far as I could tell. There was no, uh, I didn't see any codes or anything, so I don't guess there were any level codes. No, because there's, there's, yeah,
0: I don't think there's, you know, when we we get to the reviews, one of our reviewers mentioned that there was a, there's a version out there that has a uh, a crack that lets you, uh, lets you continue, but uh, I didn't play that version. The the WHD version has no trainers.
1: Hilariously, I did find the trainer crack at the, uh, today.
0: Because Uh. I I,
1: I was so desperate to get further in the game that I stopped playing the WHD load and loaded up a disc version, and it actually had a train to let you turn off the time. It also let you start on any level. Uh, And, by the way, it didn't matter what level you could start on, or if there was a timer, because once you get past, like, the the levels get insane. The molecules you're building are off the charts. Uh, This game, uh, of course, was not a... I'm pretty sure this actually um, first came out on the Amiga, as in Germany, but it actually was ported... Uh, to a multitude of systems bode, including the Atari ST, the Commodore 64, the Commodore Plus Four, and C16, and DOS. I well, thought you know fun... when
0: you when you make a puzzle game, yeah, you're you're essentially giving yourself license to publish for any system under the sun. Correct. Because the you know nothing nothing gets in the way. Nothing technically can get in the way of this game running perfectly well.
1: Yeah, and so just for fun, I thought we'd look at the C64 version. Uh, uh, versus the Amiga, Ridge. of course. C sixty four, you'd be using the joystick to uh, move around. But I mean, you can see it's literally. In fact, we're looking at the t- the same level on both screens here, and they're they're for the most part they're identical. I mean, the blocks look better, the lines in the background look better. That's pretty I'll tell you much, what's interesting.
0: You, know, you actually see the individual atom symbol. In the C sixty four version, like the hydrogen atoms have an H on them, yeah. The oxygen atoms have an O, In the Amiga version you don't get that. So this is yet another example of a C sixty four game that just totally rocks the Amiga version.
1: I saw that, but it, I think the Amiga version may have letters on, but they're real tough to see. I, if you look mm, the real, the
0: ineligible letters.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can't see them, are they worth anything? No. And anything you can see them, they're not worth that much, are they? So, uh, but I mean, you could go, uh, you can go and find. This on another machine, and would be just as happy. It's funny, Boat. the uh, um, I read that they were actually going to release this for the ZX, but uh, for whatever reason, it never it never this came out. This would have
0: been this would have been a great game to release on the CD32. Um, you know, you could easily adapt this for the controller, and yeah. you know, puzzle games are always big hits with sort of the casual audience. You think about Tetris and the Game Boy and stuff like that. This actually got a Windows 3.1 uh, release uh, under a freeware license. It was sort of an homage that somebody put together. They called it Atomic, which yeah. the game actually if you look at the title screen of the game the title screen of the game it says Atomic they couldn't even agree on what the game should be called. That's the amount of thought that went into this. Um, but they, the freeware version on Windows 3.1 this is exactly the kind of game that seems like would ship with with Win 3.11 along with Minesweeper and Reverse Eye.
1: If you look at those uh, little the little dots, they can they've got the uh, they've they've made the uh, uh, the letters slightly a different tint than the background. Yeah, you can sort of I see them now.
0: I, as you as you talk about it, I see them there. Are, it's a it's a it's a very light shading, but the the letters are there. You're They're
1: right. easy to see on the c 4 version. So mm-hmm. get this boat. Um, someone ported this to the Enterprise 128, so maybe one of these days will play this with ARG. And by the way, the guy that wrote that version, I had to say his name, Zoltan Pavazzi. That's Listen, cool if you name. got a name
0: like that, you go
1: places. And then its uh, we also found out there was a clone for this called Atomic for the JAG. So I guess it's probably the same, same game. They moved over to the JAG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there was also a, an Atomic Reloaded. So this game has its fans. Yeah. Uh, it's just not us. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, there's definitely a certain type of person. That loves a challenge. They love a good puzzle, and they love being under the gun. It's yeah. just not you and I. Um,
1: ac- according to Wiki, uh, there are several other clones of this, including Atomics with a K and an S, Gnome Atomics, C A Atomics, and Gnome A-A-tomics? Atomics. Yeah, like gnomes, like no, garden like, gnomes. Well, no, like the operating system no Oh, okay, okay, okay. Did uh, did we get any action on from the Discord boat? Listen, man,
0: after last week, the desert of reviews where we got nothing, we did get some reviews for this week's game. Yeah. Uh, the first one comes from Pajaco6502. He says, it appears to be someone's idea of a puzzle game that seems to have started with the sentence, hey, I have a great idea, and then <laughs> no one stopped them. Yeah. I enjoy puzzle games, but this one, well, I didn't like it. The mouse control is a little clunky, and it's easy to mess up and slide your molecule the wrong way, but should you fail to complete the game in the time limit, and you will, you will have to start the whole game over again. No code, no continue, no nothing. Whoever thought a timer in this game was a good idea was clearly smoking the chemicals you assemble in this game. Thankfully, the version I played had a cheat to turn off the timer and bam, the game is instantly 100% more fun. One of the things I did like was that you had to not only solve the puzzle, but figure out where on screen you had to solve the puzzle. I played it for around an hour and basically got to level 15, bam, Pajaco, Puzzle Master, and gave up feeling I had seen everything the game had to offer. Speaking of what, I'll talk about that later. There are some bonus levels that are interesting, and yes, timers on those is fine to have. I would say this was as dull as chemistry class, but I love chemistry, and this game has none. 5 out of 10. Man, you know what a wordsmith he is. Yeah. P.S. Why do you get score for the molecules on screen at the end of the level? You start and end with them, so it seems unnecessary. Our other review this week comes from J.R. Mobley. He says, I really struggled with the first level, cursing the timer and completely failing to see the rather obvious solution. Finally made it to level two and I really hit my stride and started to enjoy the puzzles quite a bit until I got a bad start on level five and ran out of time. That is when the true futility of my situation became clear. I had to start over. Atomics plays like a Nintendo hard platformer or checkpoint racing game or Simon. You have to memorize an increasingly long list of solutions and execute them at top speed. Nope. Just as a reminder for all those who are listening, if you'd like to leave us a review for us to read on the air, all you have to do is uh, join our Discord community by going to patreon.com slash amigospodcast.
1: Very good. Now, uh, just a, a little bit less here. We've got... I took a look at the reviews of this just for fun. The people at Lemon liked it, Boat 7.39. Yeah, that's uh, a good and score from at, Lemon. looking over the score is, hey, this guy is 79% in Joker. No, said. Yeah, well,
0: they love that Euro trash.
1: Well, hey, uh... uh Dator magazine gave us some of that attention. So I think we some, some Homer scores here. That's
0: right. That's right. Uh, Joker although, is the home of the Homer score.
1: Although Amiga Computing gave it an eighty one, Amiga Format gave it a sixty one. So there yeah, was some there was a little bit of play there. The average magazine score, when you take all these into account, seventy five percent. You know, uh,
0: listen, I'm gonna get real here. If oh, I could man. I would turn the chair around and straddle it, like no. that movie with the girl that's a marine and she's teaching uh-huh. the kids. Um the, 75 is a fair score for this game i mean this game is not for us it's no. punishing it's hard but it's it doesn't exactly fail on any particular level it's just not a game that was built for people like you and me
1: no no i don't agree okay i'll tell you okay. why because okay. they failed at the small things that don't need to be failed at they you're right don't downplay your own comments it should have a mode to make it simpler to start it should have no time of it to begin. It should have an easier way to quit and come back. It should have level codes. It should have the ability to turn on and off a timer. It should have all these things. It's a simple game. Any geek could put to do this. They just need to add the little touches. It's one of those games where they didn't add the little touches. And that takes the score down, brother. Way down. If they got this thing. We've played games just like this where they didn't screw up all the other little things. And they were okay. So this does not... I don't think 75 is too high for me. What
0: what would you give this one?
1: 65.
0: 65? It's in
1: the D-zone. D-zone, Boat. There you go. That's our look at Atomics. If if you're a real super genius, give it a whirl. If you're like me and Boat, you know, i don't want to stick to (laughs) Play-Doh.
0: Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents... Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to retrorewind.ca for supporting this episode. And ask you News. Yeah, it's gambling you know, we, time. We've had a very busy week in the world yeah. of media news. We kick things off, as always, as we often do. With our good buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News, who reports King Arthur Rise of the Roundtable is a sword slashing Amiga CD32 game inspired by Moonstone. Inspired by Moonstone, (laughs) Aaron.
1: That's a a, a stretch, I think. A little bit of a (laughs) stretch. Having played this game. Now, you know, we're incredibly lucky.
0: We're incredibly lucky to have you on Amigos this week, Aaron, because <laughs> not, you not like played, other weeks. <laughs> you've played all the games we're going to talk about this week. Tell us a little bit about your thoughts about King Arthur: Rise of the Round Table. Well, we,
1: uh, if you saw my uh, 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 um, Amiga uh, Ami game jam uh, um, uh, a couple weeks ago, we played every game that's up for uh, voting. I think the voting's over. I think, uh, and so this was one of them. Uh, this uh, the author freely admits that this isn't done, and it's not done. And, and what I played it, what you're seeing is the game. As soon as you walk off this level, you just appear on the other side and go through it again. Uh, but it's a sword fighting game that I will say, uh, the sword fighting mechanics are pretty good. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, you get uh, several different sword strikes that, that was done quite nicely, which, and again, I can see the similarities to Moonstone in terms of the amount of blood and the way the sword play works a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, there's nothing. there. As, from what I saw, there was no other, like, I mean, Moonstone's a complete game with a story and background of monsters, all that stuff. This doesn't have that yet. That may be in the cards. Uh, yeah, this is not the same thing as the one I won't play. It just starts over and over. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good-looking game. It's very attractive. Uh, and I think there's a lot of promise here. Uh, so, we'll see what comes of it. But, uh, I did enjoy it. Uh, and I do like the swordplay element. Hey, when you can get a nice bit of swordplay in there, uh, you're in business. Uh, they This requi- this came on an ISO, by the way, when you get it. And you uh, I believe it's made to run on a CD32 Uh, Of course, I ran it on the Mister. I believe, no, I ran this on Amiga forever when we did it. uh, And it worked. But I mean, it's not done yet. They're working on it, though. It should be good.
0: And of course, thanks to Saberman for uh, capturing all this awesome footage. Do you think Saberman just has a direct line to every single person that makes a new Amiga game?
1: Well, listen, if you make a new game, who do you call? (laughs) It ain't Ghostbusters. You call Saberman. So he's probably, mm-hmm. once you're as famous as him, he's got all the tips coming in. And then uh, Neil is waiting in the background. He's like, where's that new video? And the guy's right. working on it, turning them out. They're, they're,
0: they're the dream team.
1: We may be Speak- totally wrong. But we don't know. <laughs> we have no inside information here. We're just we're guessing.
0: Speaking of the dream team, let's talk about Kara Vandolf. Yeah. Andolf's older brother.
1: Yeah. I played this too, Boat. So uh, this is
0: this this looks pretty interesting. What do you think about old Kara Vandolf?
1: It's a, this is a shooter, and what the, or, a, I'm sorry, shmup. Very again, Twin
0: B-esque looking at it, it here.
1: It is. It's sort of a, uh, as they call them, the old cut em up boat. Yeah. You know? One so of get, my favorite genres. So get this, boat. I've been told, I someone schooled me on this caravan-style gaming, okay? Do you caravan know what that is? Caravan-style
0: gaming, yeah. no. I it's know like, that, you know, in, in... When we think about caravan, yeah. we think about like going across the desert. But in England, when people think about caravan, they think about what we would call a camper.
1: I see. What I think it was the old minivan we used to have with the with the faux paneling on the side. Yeah,
0: we had one of those too. We had one of those too. An '88 Dodge, uh, or I know it was a Chrysler '88 yeah. Chrysler uh, minivan, liquid this, paneling.
1: These caravan games. I I, I could be wrong here, and someone will correct me but I believe it's like a point-pressing thing, you know? And, mm. and you play games under a time limit, you know what I okay. mean? Okay. Uh, and this is and this is apparently one such game. It sort of just goes on and on. And Why do the they call run. them
0: caravan games?
1: Listen, you're asking the wrong guy. This is a new play thing that I've not heard of, okay? Mm. So it's one of those pads. Pe- yeah, here it is. Mitch Yamba to the rescue. Caravan mode is score the most points at a time limit. There you go. Okay, so, okay. One of the interesting gimmicks about this one is that uh, you've got two different bullet styles. If you hold, as I recall, if you hold the bullet down, if you hold your button down, I should say, you get right. one stream of bullets. And if you tap it, you get another stream. So it's got built in two different types of bullet streams you can yeah, get. Yeah, you, you get, get sort of a
0: spread shot if you just tap it.
1: And this thing starts out kind of moping along, and then it shifts into mm-hmm. like Ultra Warp. About halfway through the first couple, the third level or so, and then you're really cruising. It was an interesting game, and it ran real well. So, if if this sort of gameplay uh, is your cup of tea, you might dig it. You know, and I it wasn't like ridiculous hard, you know, but it, it scrolled smoothly. And hey, if this is a new game style that I'm not familiar with, maybe I want to be familiar with it. So I'm glad to see it come to the uh, to the Amiga. I like the go. phrase
0: caravan game style, and I hope it continues.
1: Yeah. Uh, there you go. You're easy touch today, Bud. I am.
0: All right, Aaron. Coming up next, this is probably the weirdest game that we've looked at. Did you, did you even look at this one? Oh Holiday? yeah. Okay, man. Tell us about Holiday.
1: So it starts off with a bunch of licensed music. I can tell you that one. By the way, <laughs> I know Life School uh, because I I've used some of his stuff and we've talked. Well, Live School's great guy. Yeah, he works yeah. for Kim Lemon. And uh, um, so. This is his photo RPG holiday. Oh, visual novel! Holiday is interesting to me, and, and and of all the games we played on the Amy Game Jam, this is by far the the most unique in terms mm-hmm. of what he's what he's got going on here. Right. It reminds me of it's an old school game in a lot of ways with a lot of photos in it. The photos are real nice, you know, like digitized photos, and you're on this you're on this vacation. But it's... It's real weird, man. I mean, you have to... I'm not going to ruin it. You just go and you have to get the flavor text and look it over. But, I mean, I know one thing. Like, I toured this beachfront area after I got dressed and went outside. And then, before too long, I was just... I just... I starved and died. I just died. Oh, Started man. Just, and I was in, like, a city. It wasn't in, like, the desert. Like, this guy... So, you got to pay attention to your food. uh, For sure. But it's pretty... It's interesting. It's, it's I'm gonna. I'm gonna interface. read you.
0: I'm gonna read you the the official description of this game. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. It says your job, your task is to survive the next eleven days in a climate of heat, humidity, and the air smelling sweet like ripe bananas at a Spanish resort.
1: Yeah, I would. I would love to have that task. Task me up <laughs> and watch me survive like you've never seen a sucker survive. <laughs> the, but this game, it's uh, the interface. It's very much, you know, it reminds me of. I remember on the Coco show, we played that game. It had the built-in speech, uh, uh and you and you use the errors to like go through the different scenes. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I the know something, what you're the about. something affair or something like mm-hmm. that. I can't the remember interbank incident. The interbank, interbank incident. incident. This sort of reminds mm-hmm. me of that, like the Amiga version, uh, but this one uh, is. <laughs> Listen, I can't describe this. You just have to try it sometime. Give this one a whirl just for fun, uh, because it's definitely and the pictures are real pretty too. It's, it's it's nice, but you you probably will die. I think it's pretty deadly. Mm. So there you go. Mm. But yeah, it's fun. Hey, listen, another one that was uh uh was uh you know stuck into contest. I believe he used a a hell a game helper can do. I think he used can do to make this, as I recall. Uh, okay. it, it runs it right. Yeah, here it is. He, uh, uh, he did, he, he did do something or another. So, uh, check that out. A lot of fun. All of these could be, uh, picked up from the Amy game jam site as well as Neil's site here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aaron. Our next story is about, you know, people, people go on as they say in England <laughs> about, about teletext.
1: Yeah. Teletext
0: oh, yeah. is like a, a very early uh, a form of the internet, which you could have like the news, the weather, stock information delivered to your door uh, virtually through uh, a terminal. Uh, and guess what, Aaron? Teletext has come to the Commodore Amiga. It's This is one of these things I feel like should have been done years and years and years ago, but apparently this was a very difficult thing to do. It says, uh, according to Neil, mighty coders have tried and failed at this task. It should be a candidate for technical uh, wonder award of some kind. So uh, it looks like uh, they've actually used the teletext. It's sort of like ANSI or ASCII ANSI, I guess is what the word I'm looking for. It's like an ANSI art. They've managed to create a version of worms, which is is pretty cool. this comes from uh I guess the developer name Attention horror, so that tells you all you need to know. <laughs>
1: I love it um
0: what, do you know much about teletext and its various uh wonders aaron
1: i I know enough to be dangerous. I've heard other mm. people talk about it on uh, like uh, like I've heard uh, stuff about it on, like like this week at retro and a couple of and a couple other uh shows I, I know of it. It reminds me of like it reminds me of like the BBS's had gotten like a turbo boost. Because it mm. looks, it's like you're right. It is very antsy, like the graphics. Uh, but you know, there's no way you could have gotten this on a on a BBS. And so I have to say, it's interest. It's interesting to me. I like the fact that someone struggled with it and then did it. You know, anything worth doing is worth doing double if it's difficult. And I mean, this is and this uh, is very impressive of both. Yeah, super uh, to, impressive. You know, and so. And I like any time you've got an additional, you know, I don't know what can be done with this ability. Like, I don't know exactly what you could do. Okay, now we can play this stuff. What does that mean? But I know a lot of, uh, a lot of Teletext is still around. You know, this old the stuff that was out there. And so, presumably, I assume you could just, you could, in some ways, just load old, you know, tell. I don't know if you could, because, pre- you know, Teletext was interactive, but... Yeah, so, I think what
0: you do is you just you you run teletext dot exe and then uh-huh. you just get everything on your Amiga.
1: This is definitely something I, I'm going to look in on. I'm going to look into this. This is the first time I've heard of this, but when I saw your news item, and I was instantly uh, in, uh, instantly intrigued. So I'll definitely look in on this one and check back. But that's that's really neat. That might yeah. be a lot of fun, Bode.
0: And finally, Aaron, perhaps the biggest story, not only of the week but of the year, there is a new edition of Amiga Addict that has just hit newsstands everywhere. Just a reminder, you can pick up your uh, Amiga Addict, at your uh, closest uh, Waterstones, uh, your local H&M, uh, all your boots. Pretty much anywhere in the UK, you throw a rock, you swing a cat, you can hit a couple issues of Amiga Addict on your friendly newsstand. Um, this issue of Amiga Addict, not only do you get the story of Lightwave, you get a, uh, a new article from Ravi where he talks about the boxer. Uh, the Badger Punch guys who did the awesome roguelike uh for the uh for the C sixty four and the Amiga rogue craft. Not only that, Aaron, but there is a four page spread about you, the Brent, in my basement.
1: There's four pages devoted to just four us.
0: pages. That's right.
1: I can't believe it. you know, I'm not gonna lie, uh, Boat. I mentioned this before the show and I talked to you. You know, uh, I believe it was Dunk. The Dunk sent me a thing. It's been probably, gosh, it's probably March or something. About uh, It's been a couple of years at this point. It's been, it's, uh, filling something out. And I've totally, you know how I work. The second it goes away, I come out. I don't know what happened. And so when I was going through Facebook last night at my mom's house, and you had posted something on facebook about this and shared the screens i mean you talk about getting hit in the face with an anvil brother i was I could believe it i was like oh we made print text i can't believe it we're in yeah. we're in a magazine and not just any magazine but the number one amiga magazine on that's the planet right. brother that's and, right and uh, boy it's uh it's very nice you know I'm, i got, my parents are very impressed that we made the magazine me you and the Brent. Uh, thanks to everybody uh, who uh, got us in there, you know, Dunk and all the fellows over there. It's just it's uh, uh, humbling and it's I just I know I'm gonna gush over, but it's just so neat to me that, to get a, to be to be mentioned in there. Uh, I just love it. Not
0: only uh, mentioned, there's a story about you. You get your whole life story in there.
1: Oh man, well I didn't say it was it was. I mean I did my best. I lied a lot, you know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. You remember what I was? What it's all about. So I can't wait to see it. Uh, But uh, it's going to be, it's just awesome. So if you, uh, and that, that's one of the the minuscule reason to buy or subscribe to Amiga Addict. It's great. I never miss an issue. Uh, Get them delivered right to the old computer here and check them out. Uh, You can have them send you a hard copy. They'll send you a PDF, whatever you want. uh, They will take care of you. Uh, Great magazine and good friend of the show boat.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Aaron, well, that's going to wrap up the news for this week. What's been going on on the old YouTube channels?
1: Well, just as a quick touch this week, uh, boat, uh, we really have, uh, we really are sort of beginning our transition, aren't we, boat? Into until into, into the post uh, post boat era on some of these. They other do. Shows. They call it the
0: post boat era. That's the. I like. Uh, do you the the like the post
1: boat? There's going to be a, a nautical term we could use. You know. A
0: nautical term. Yeah, that's true.
1: The one thing I want to touch on that I think people might find interesting uh, is I was very fortunate last week after we did uh, the shows here, uh, our good buddy Franco Richard Rewind contacted me and he was like, listen, I'm good to go if you want to do that interview we missed, which I'm trying, you know, if you'll recall at Boat Post, I interviewed everyone. and I But I missed some people. Jason Warrens was one and Frank was one. And so I got to sit down with Frank for over an hour uh, and, and do a live chat, Q&A, uh, including uh, audience answers, uh, or questions. Audience, yeah. Frank, question the audience. Uh, but the audience asked questions. It was a very nice. And you get a lot of interesting inside baseball on just what it's like to run your own shop. Like, how hard is it? What's the most difficult thing? What's the biggest seller? What's the most difficult thing to to produce? You and know, these what, are
0: questions. These are questions that you've had on your mind for a while. So it's good that you finally got answers to them.
1: Well, I mean, it's just I'm just an average guy. But I mean, don't you want to know this stuff? I mean, I yeah, did. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: You are the everyman. You're the avatar that represents all of us beyonds.
1: Well, yeah, just I'm the blue collar, the blue collar warrior, but It's where I like the like, the way I like to go. But if you a if you blue collar
0: warrior does describe you.
1: If you, if you think that might be interesting, and I know people are like, oh, I wow, interview your advertiser. This has nothing to do with the advertiser. It's just that Frank is a multifaceted... You'll find out if you watch the interview or listen to it. Frank's not just some guy that runs a computer store in Canada. I mean, this guy's been around the block. He's done. He's worked on on major networks with the top top shelf tech people, celebrities. Leah Laporte, you know, co-host,
0: years and years and years.
1: Yeah, and that's enough said. So uh, real fun. I had a real good time with that. Uh, boat and uh I, I hope people dug it uh that that is definitely worth checking out boat
0: all right all right aaron what do we got coming up next week on amigos
1: it's atomics 2 but no i'm just kidding oh no tiny troops tiny, tiny troops.
0: troops where war is fantastic okay
1: <laughs> wow how original as opposed to being fun <laughs> uh, you know
0: uh i i'm encouraged by that by that cover art there it looks pretty good i like the shoulder pads on that worm guy i don't know boat pretty good <laughs> i'm not sure about this one boat but by god we're, getting, <gasps> we're doing it that's right well we'll find all about it next week thank you all as always for joining us we will see you next time and until then
1: adios, adios.
0: amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.